Welcome to episode 108 on the Herpreneur Show. Today we have Carissa Reiniger, who is the CEO and founder of Small Business Silver Linings. Welcome to the Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. Have you ever put blood, sweat and tears into an area of your business and you had to let it go? Perhaps it was a product, perhaps it was your business, perhaps it was a part of your business, a service, but you knew it was time to let it go or perhaps you're going through it now and you just find it really hard to sever the cord. (laughs) Well, today's interview will probably help you do that. You're going to hear about a software tech company that reinvented the wheel four times. And I tell you what, I bet Carissa is really glad she did because now they're in 24 countries around the world, 10,000 plus small businesses and helping them with proper business growth. There is so many learnings in today's interview from business, from trials and tribulations, and then just stuff that's going to help you with your business, actually help you work on it, not in it. So if you are looking at scaling your business, if you are looking at getting more systems in place, your business won't grow without it. And this really actually sends the message home. So first half of the interview, you're going to hear about the trials and tribulations. And then the second part, there's going to be some things. It's like you've got your own business coach actually on the line and enjoying that story and the learnings as you go along. So I do want to do a big shout out because I got another Apple iTunes review and I want to say thank you so much, Kate. Um, I nearly fell over because it caught me by surprise when it came through. I wasn't expecting it. I asked for the universe for a sign and you are my sign. (laughs) So it says each podcast is better than the last. Annette, you outdo yourself with every podcast. Each one is better than the next. I eagerly wait for the show every week to come out so I can learn something new that will improve my life and my business. Thank you for bringing the most amazing people to us. So thank you very much. She's given me five stars. So Kate, if you are listening, please reach out to me by Instagram or you can email me at success at annettelakovich.com. And we want to send you a big thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the moment just to share your love of the show. It means an absolute bunch to me. And I do want to send you a Herpreneur pen to go. Big thank you. Let's get on with the show. Today we have Carissa Reiniger. She is the founder and CEO of Silver Linings. She started Silver Linings in 2005. We hear about it continually being revamped. We learn a lot about her product, the Silver Lining Action Plan, and the methodology behind it. Enjoy a very honest and open interview. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Now, Carissa, I love to start this question, and I can sense an accent here. Where are you in this beautiful place? So I have a I have a complicated answer to that question, but the simple answer is I am Canadian. Uh, I've lived in New York for 12 years, so I'm also a proud New Yorker, and my partner is Australian, uh, so I'm an honorary proud Australian, and um, and currently sitting in Melbourne, uh, Australia. So 
Oh my goodness. So, um, and like of all places to pick in Australia, Melbourne, which ain't an extra shutdown. (laughs) I know it is. It's been ironic. Although talking to people in North America all day, every day, um, I still feel very grateful to be here. It's been, it's been a much better scenario, even in the worst of Australia, which Melbourne has been, it's still been a lot better than what's going on in other parts of the world. So, Carissa, I would love to start with sharing with everybody what actually is your SLAP product, uh, what it stands for, what it is, and what it is you actually guys do, and then we're going to dive in deep to how you actually got it out there and the launch in your entrepreneurial journey. Right. Thank you. So SLAP stands for a silver lining action plan. Um, my background is actually in psychology. So I've got a degree in psychology and then I worked in advertising for a short period before I left that to start silver lining. And from my psychology degree and my background in psychology, I learned a lot about, you know, behavior change science and what it takes to actually change our behavior to get the results that we want. And then in my advertising world, you know, I learned a lot about business development and making deals and driving towards sales goals. And when I met business owners, small business owners, I was always struck by two things. One was that they were so passionate, worked so hard, you know, had all the sort of grit and resilience and passion and tenacity in the world, which I find so inspiring, but often struggled to really turn that into a profitable, sustainable source of income that can really, you know, help them live the life they want. And I saw that so many business owners were spending so much time at networking events, at, you know, uh, boot camps, at, you know, doing, doing, I don't know, webinars, you know, doing all these things that are in and of themselves, they're good, but what behavior change science would say is that they're really incomplete. They're going to give you, they're going to give you sparks of maybe inspiration or maybe some education, which is good. But if you really want to change your behavior and get results, there's basically a formula that science says, and it's the same formula that programs like Weight Watchers and the 12 step programs and Fitbit It's all the same stuff. And it's really this basic formula that says in order for us to succeed, we have to set really clear goals. And then once the goals are set, that's not the hard part. Then we have to basically, you know, rigorously track our behavior, have outside support and put a significant amount of structure and support around ourselves so that we actually do the right behaviors to hit that goal. So that's what SLAP is. Basically, it's a behavior change program. It's like Weight Watchers or a Fitbit for your small business. Um, And it's entirely focused on helping small business owners in a really easy, accessible, not complicated way, set financial goals for their business, and then build the plan to hit those goals, and then get all the structure and support for the next 12 months to actually implement the plan, optimize the plan, and hit their goals. And it's a software program, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. Part of our entrepreneurial journey, which we'll talk a lot about is, um, when I started the company 15 years ago, I started it as more of a consulting business. So I thought, ah, well, I've come from advertising. I'll just help small businesses do, you know, business development. Um, and then I quickly realized that, you know, that was not actually the best and right way to help a business owner. And I can explain more about that. So then we went to more of an education model. I was speaking all around the world, training nonstop. And again, I, 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 from my behavior change point of view, found a lot of flaws in that. 
Um, and then ultimately we've transferred to this software as a service model where we've built a significant piece of software that basically drives the whole process. And so for the business owner, their experience is that they've got, you know, an online tool to build their plan and track their plan. They've got lots of cool graphics and dashboards and visuals and data. And then in addition to that, the software is driving a lot of process that allows for us to have a high touch human element as well, um, but that we can do in a scalable, affordable way because all that process design is driven by technology. So um, it's sort of like a, it's a software based, but high human touch program um, that's really comprehensive, but remains affordable because of how we use technology. So it's really interesting And this is really a great insight for the listeners to hear because you launched in 2005, is that correct? Is that when you first launched? But is that when you launched as the consulting business and then as you started to get more and more into it, you realized that there was an evolution that needed to take place in the business or was 2005 when you actually start to put the software in place? No, it's a good question and it leads to so many different directions of things we could talk about. So... I launched in 2005 as the consulting business. After three or three-ish years, I sort of did a dramatic reboot and went into more of an education and training model. And then three years later, again, I did another very dramatic reboot and started building software. Um, and just two things I could say about that, and you can you can you know direct where you think it's more helpful to go from here. But the one is. If I hadn't basically been constantly asking myself, what is the best way to do our work? Like, and and really been willing to throw out years of work to say, no, that's not it. I know that our work is great. I know that the process we've developed is good. I know small businesses need it. But no, I don't think that's the right way to do it. Let's try this. Um, If I hadn't sort of been willing to basically throw out three years of work twice in a row, take what was good and start again, um, I, we just wouldn't be where we are today. And, and I'm so proud of where we are, but it, it really took a lot of iteration. And the second thing that I would just say kind of correlated, we had a couple of VC offers, um, and technically traditionally when you're building a software product or a software company, um, it's expensive. And so you do raise capital, but instead of raising capital, we funded it with our own revenue and we funded it sort of by, <laughs> by the skin of our teeth sometimes, um, But it took a little longer is the reality. However, um, we did it really small business first. You know, we did it customer first. We didn't sort of all of a sudden become holden to investors uh, and have sort of false timelines on the business. We were really able to say to our customers, tell us what you need. Okay, do you like this? Okay, no, that's not right. Let's try it again. Let's try it this way. And so it's been a long journey with lots of highs and lows. And, you know, I'm happy to share all of those too. But um, I really, really, really have feel so strongly that in our journey in particular, the time and the risk we took to throw it out and start again multiple times and the decision to actually not take venture capital and to do it on our terms um, have been phenomenal and are really counterculture to the story of entrepreneurship, but are a big part of why we, you know, why we are who we are. Gosh, can I just say you used a word and it was the willingness. It was the willingness to throw out and reboot, restart. 
And that is that 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 has so much courage. And when I when I do personal development presentations, there's a presentation that I talk about success and the, the underlining word. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just seeing silver linings. <laughs> underlining. Um, the underlining word from success, if you can narrow it down, the word is the willingness. It's the willingness to push through the hard times, the willingness to show up when you don't want to show up, the willingness to pay the price of success before you have success. And you've just said something that is so important that we need to hear, which is be honest with ourselves, be and feel that feeling. Sometimes it's not the intellect. Sometimes it's the feeling where you just know it's good, but it's not it. That the compass is not there yet. It was good that you, what you were doing, but you knew there was something better. Like what was going on for you? So it's a, it's a, it's a great question. And you know, the truth of the matter is that I think there were several things happening. One is that, and you know, hindsight is so helpful in situations like this. You know, I look back and what we advise small businesses on, ironically, we wrong. So when we, when we talk to businesses and when they build their slaps, you know, we always say to them that there needs to be a balance in the plan that they're building where their customer wins, right? Like basically there's a value proposition to the customer um, that is good and strong and a price point that correlates to it. So, so that's number one. Number two, it has to be good for you. You know, it has to be profitable. It has to be sustainable. You know, it has to be something where you're really, you know, your business can grow and flourish. And then number three, you know, ideally it's something that you think makes the world a better place, right? It's something where your, your work is meaningful and contributing in a way that, that is, you know, sort of bigger than just you and your customer. You know, if those three things are all true, you've got a great business model. If one of those things is really out of whack, uh, you're probably not, you know, really in a position to scale and grow in a sustainable way. So when I look back at the moment where we made a couple of those big adjustments, um, the, in the first moment where we shifted from consulting to education, for example, um, you know, our price point was too high. Uh, the reality is that uh, we had to charge so much money to try to fund basically a bunch of human bodies, um, you know, working for these customers. And quite frankly, I didn't actually think the value proposition was worth it to the small businesses. I thought, okay, for the amount they were paying 2000 a month, right? For the amount that they were paying, we weren't offering enough because for a small business or $2,000 is a lot of money. You know, you've got to basically be changing their life for $2,000 a month. Um, and so I ultimately did, I thought that was out of alignment. And then simultaneous to that, we were, you know, we were barely profitable and many months were not even, we were writing off invoices left, right, and center. Uh, and our cash flow was brutal. And so, you know, we weren't winning. And then the big thing, when I looked at impact, I thought, okay, you know, we're confined basically to the number of people and small businesses we can work with. And if my vision is to change the economy through small business, you know, this will not do like this isn't going to work. Um, so I kind of we were kind of wrong on all three levels. And that was what prompted the first move. And then the second move, thinking about those same variables, um, our price point became very compelling for the small business. You know, it was basically free corporate sponsors and other people paid me to deliver the content. Um, the financial element of an element of it was very good. You know, we made a lot of money. I made a lot of money as a speaker. We got lots of corporate sponsorship deals, you know, it was very profitable, but at an impact level, my behavior change brain kept saying, wait, I could sit in a room for the next 300 you know, years teaching these people all these things 
behavior change science says, unless there's structure and support, they're not going to implement it. So am I, I'm basically just walking around talking all the time. Like what, you know, what, what does that do? Um, and so I really, it really came down to in that second big shift, you know, it's, it's it was sort of a good financial situation, but I didn't believe that our work was good enough. I didn't believe that we were going to have the impact I wanted to have. And so that's what triggered me to do the next big sort of shut it all down and build it back up again. And isn't it incredible what you've come up with that keeps you in, in complete integrity with what you're teaching, where it's it's got to be good product to market fit. We want to make sure it is profitable, but we want to make sure we're making major change. And it had you really assess your business. So now when you teach that, you teach from a place of pure integrity. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it it makes the learning of how to continually, when you've got that human touch point as well with the software program, you know, you've actually been there, you've done it. So energetically, if you think frequency level that you're putting out there into the world, it's, it's in complete integrity now. So it, it just means that that business can really take off because it's got the, that, it's like a superpower behind it. I would love to know on how did you go about relaunching it? What was that whole experience like? And what did you do to actually relaunch the new software program? Yeah, it's so, so launching software is hard. Uh, that's what I'll say. Uh, it's expensive. Um, you know, some of the some of the realities of that shift from sort of education and training to software uh, meant that we had, you know, some months where we were, I mean, our financial situation was precarious at best. Um, you know, we built a couple of versions of the software because I didn't, you know, know what I was doing. I had to build software before um, that basically we had to throw away because, you know, it just totally missed the mark of what our customers needed. Um, so, you know, if I think about some of those realities, the the three things that I think really stand out to me, some one of which I did well and two of which um, I, I now know better because I did them wrong. Um, one, the thing that I think we did well in that transition is that we, you know, we didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We really thought hard about, okay, what parts of our business to date are incredible? You know, our, our brand, we loved our brand, Silver Lining, you know, the methodology, the core thing that we were actually, you know, either consulting or training or now softwareing, um, you know, that worked. Our, our methodology was great. Um, a lot of our customers, you know, came along for the ride with us. So, you know, a lot of thought around how we could keep taking care of them in the midst of these transitions. Um, so we really, we really were smart about leveraging what was consistent in some of these sort of transitions and not, not ending up feeling like it was brand new again, but rather it was a brand new approach to something we'd already been doing for a long time. That, that was really important because it, it kept, we ended up continue. We, we were able to keep building our credibility in the market, even though we were really, you know, tearing down and building back up again. Um, the two things that I would say I didn't do well, and that ended up uh, that, you know, causing me a ton of problems and that I would advise anyone and everyone who, you know, who would listen to me. Um, the first is that in building software, you know, so, 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 so much of building software is about what your users need and want. Um, and I had a really good handle on what our users needed and wanted because we've been working with them for so long and I still didn't do enough of, you know, building very, very slowly, releasing very small bits at a time, 
letting people use it, seeing what really happened, and then continuing to build based on those lived experiences. I, two times in a row, actually, built an entire system, you know, spent six months building it, spent tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, released it, thinking I had to have it perfect before I released it, and then realized it was all wrong. Um, so I didn't even learn that I didn't even learn that lesson the first time. It took me two times to learn that lesson. So that's the first thing. Sorry, the second thing. And then the third thing um, is just around capital um, and, you know, funding a change like this. So in particular with building software, uh, the joke of everyone that I know who owns a tech company has built software is that, you know, it doesn't, you know, it takes like five times what you budgeted and it takes five times as long as you thought it would. And that really is literally true. Um, and so we, you know, I sort of always had put enough money aside from our revenue to, to make it work if it went according to plan. But I never was, I never was realistic enough to really say, okay, Krissa, we think it's going to be a hundred thousand. It's really going to be two fifty. Like, do we have that capital? Are we ready? So we had some really tough financial times. Um, just because it really is true that it really does cost five times as much and really does take five times as long. And I just didn't plan well enough to handle that reality. Um, but those are, yeah, those are the, I mean, we could talk so much more about launching software. It's so complicated, but those are definitely sort of my top three insights. That's amazing. Part of it, I think is the, the ego in a way wanting to get it right and have it perfect instead of the concept to build the plane while you fly it. I actually had a coach years ago and I always used to create products and have the product created and then launch it, same type of thing, but educational products for sales. And then I had this coach and she was like, she was from the States and she said, um, Annette, do a pre-launch, see if people are going to buy it first. And I was like, okay. It was so scary to do a launch and have people buy something that I hadn't even built yet. But I want to keep integrity of them as well. So I was saying this is the pre-launch and the first lot of people are going to be the foundation members for this product and you're going to be in part of the live recording. So it's all pre-recorded training, but you actually have. So I spun it in a way where they will actually be online while I'm recording it and then we can do Q&A at the end. And that was the first time I experienced launching something and having people pay without it even being a product yet. It was an idea. It was a concept. And what was great was with those Q and A's, it actually allowed me to do add extra stuff to that product and to that program based on the questions that they had. So, um, I, I understand that concept, but you know, for me, it was always like the ego. I was like, you know, I just got to get it perfect and I want to get it out there and I should know it. And I know what's right. I know what they need. So it's really, it's really quite interesting that you say that because I have experienced that before. Did you end up building it bit by bit or the second launch that you did was the right launch? So what I've learned about software is it's never done. Um, and we are now on our fourth version that we just launched in the middle of 2020 um, and the newest version I love, I I've said multiple times, oh my gosh, like my, my dream is realized. My vision is realized. Finally, it took, it took multiple years, lots of getting it wrong. And even already, you know, not very many months into it, I've got 20 new ideas and I see how businesses are using it this way. And I think, oh, we should change that. Or we should add this feature. Or what if this happens? And so, um, we are actually, we release a, on average, like three to four new features a month, um, and just never stop. And so I would say that, yeah, so I think, 
you know, I, I'm all, I think that to be present in software, and that's the other thing I think people need to understand if you're going into the software game, it's never over. You know, you're, it's not like you build it and it's done. Uh, and I've sort of kind of prepared myself for the fact that probably every three years we would need to go back to the drawing board, rebuild new, you know, new code, new modern, you know, new technology and launch again. But in between those three years, you know, iterating and adding new features and new learnings, um, basically nonstop. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a long journey for sure. Uh, and sort of a, just a never ending journey. And that's really what, you know, we've had to realize is that, you know, now we have a full functioning product team and it's an investment to be, to be a tech company. It's an, it's a significant investment of sort of time and energy and resources, staff and all of that. And, you know, I think with any business, if it's from software to service, no matter what, the business needs to evolve because if we're not evolving, we're probably going backwards. And for me, I would, I actually would prefer to even, let's just say on a coach, a coach to say, hey, we used to teach this way, but we've actually got this extra information now and we're now doing it this way. With a software program, you've seen the same thing. So I actually, I really love the the commitment to the evolution and you know that's what gets you to being you're in 24 countries you've helped over 10,000 small businesses around the world um talk let's talk about quickly the what's happened in 2020 so much uncertainty mm-hmm. um how did slap help with the build and the action plan and keeping the business focused on moving forward like what was that like for you and being able to support the 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 businesses that were actually using the product yeah i think that's such a it's been such an intense journey um for everyone who's listening you know assuming you're a business owner you know that it's just been so difficult for small business owners since COVID hit um so two things i would say the first is that it became very clear to us in march of 2020 that this was going to be really really you know, significant for small businesses. Our slap is now $300 a month. So it's, you know, a lot cheaper than 2000 and and quite frankly, way better. It's like 1000 times better than what it used to be, thankfully. Um, But even that we thought for a lot of business owners was going to be a challenge. And so we have, we had a pay what you can policy for people who are from economic realities or in economic situations where they just can't pay 300. And so before COVID about 20% of our customers had activated pay what you can, and we're paying, you you know, some amount between $1 and $300 that they could afford. Um, when COVID hit, we made a blanket uh, kind of rule for all of our existing businesses and anyone new that pay what you can was available for everyone. No strings attached, no questions asked. And so uh, now about basically 99% of our customers are using pay what you can um, and paying again, somewhere between $1 and 300 a month, depending on their financial reality. So that had sort of an immediate impact on our business. Our revenue went down about 80%. Um, and the number one thing I would say about that decision is that it was the best decision we could have made. I'm so proud of the decision we made. Um, because what I think I, one of the number one lessons I've learned since COVID hit is that if you just do the right thing, you'll figure it out. You know, if you just think about people other than yourself and you think about the greater good and you contribute as much as you can with whatever resources you can, it will work out. And, you know, the resource that we have is this really helpful small business program that's, you know, totally online and virtual. It works with social distancing. Um, So that was my experience as a business owner. In terms of the businesses that we work with, 
in the slap, you basically go through five steps. You set, you know, you think about your mindset. So you set your values, you think about the impact you want to have, you build a time budget, you know, you're really sort of getting into alignment. Like you spoke about earlier, Annette, this idea that, you know, if you're not in alignment, you know, as a person, as a business, and then, and then the impact you want to have in the world, you're always going to struggle. You're going to be spinning all the time. But if those three things are in alignment, your values, the business you're building and the impact you want to have, then you really have this strong foundation for growth. Um, so we helped every single small business basically go back to that. You know, what what is the point of your business? Maybe the way you generated revenue was gone, but who you are and the impact you want to have and the values that you have and why you started your business, that that's not gone. That, you know, COVID can't change that. So let's get back to the basics there. And then the next steps of SLAP are very strategic. So, you know, who do you sell to? Who's your ideal client? What do you sell? What's your pricing strategy? You know, what are your sales goals? Um, And we really just went all the way back to the basics. You know, if your revenue is going to be impacted dramatically, then let's look at your budget, right? What can we cut? What can we manage? How can we adjust? What can we get vendors to delay payments on? You know, if you're not going to make enough revenue to cover your expenses, how do we find alternative sources of income? You know, for some of our SLAPsters, they had to get part-time jobs and, but they did it on purpose and they did it as a way to keep their business going. And so, and they're proud of that. And I'm proud of them for that. You know, some people were able to get access to grants or government programs. And so it was really about saying like, yes, the circumstances have become completely uncertain and completely out of our control and are more complex than, you know, we've certainly faced in our recent history. But what we still have control over is our mindset, our values, the impact we want to have, who our customers are, understanding what they need, rethinking our financials, knowing what our costs are, and basically being very intentional about figuring how to cover them through revenue, through, you know, alternative sources of income, through grants, through loans, whatever. So we just kept trying to bring people back to the basics and you know, reminding, you know, all of us that, yes, there's so much that's out of our control, but there are still things that are in our control and there's no right or wrong answer. You know, anyone who came out into the world and said, you know, this is what every person should do in COVID. Well, they're crazy because how do any of us know what the right thing to do is? But what we can all do is just stay in total reality, stay in, you know, stay in community, stay, you know, have additional structure and support because it's more complicated and difficult. Um, and just keep coming back to those basic questions, you know, and, and, and just figuring it out day by day. And, you know, it's, it's hard, but it's possible. And we've, you know, we haven't had one small business that we work with go out of business. In fact, we've seen um, tremendous things happen for a lot of them. Um, and it's not because their business is so, you know, fabulous or because their business is, you know, COVID proof. It's because they just, they just were tenacious. They just kept asking those questions and coming up with good answers and new answers and, and figuring it out. Mm, and that's the importance of what your product does as well. It helps them build that action plan so they know what they can focus on instead of sort of going into a big black hole. Yes. Um, what exactly does it mean to build an action plan? How does it actually help the, the small business with their goals? You mentioned a few of them, the mindset, the targets. Can you go through that a little bit deeper? Yeah. So the five steps are first, you, you sort of figure out your mindset. Second, your slap statement. Your slap statement is what you do, who you do it for, and the scale you want to do it on. The third step is a profile of your ideal client. The fourth step is your one-year financial goal, which is where we evaluate expenses, pricing, variable costs, basically, you know, looking at the whole 
profit margin and sustainability of the financial model and then setting one-year sales goals. And then the last step is actually building the action plan. And the action plan is the 12-month plan, which is business development, sales, marketing, you know, sort of everything rolled up into one, which are all of the actions you will take in order to accomplish those sales goals you need to accomplish, you know, in order to serve your ideal client and then, you know, live into your mission. And as you do that, you know, keep a strong mindset and do the things that are required to keep you in alignment. Um, so in the simplest sense, it's like a, you know, uh, sales, marketing, business development, revenue generating focus plan. Uh, but if you sort of look one step deeper, it's really a performance optimization program. It's really about saying, you know, you can run around like a chicken with your head cut off all day doing a bajillion things, hoping and praying new business will come in the door. Or you can be ridiculously clear about what you're doing, what you want to accomplish, you know, who you serve, what you what you what you sell, how much you sell it for the value it needs to offer to your customer. And you can basically be very prescriptive about the things you're going to do to accomplish your goals. Um and, you know, again, science says, and this is some, this is the reason I'm so passionate about this. You know, I don't think that it's true that, you know, if you, you have to have the best business idea to succeed, or you need to be born with a silver spoon in your mouth to succeed. What we see, and it's so inspiring is that our business owners who use the program and just show up, they attend their calls, they log in once a week, they update the numbers, they track with the data, you know, they, they're not doing anything fancy. They're just doing basic, basic, discipline focused work, um, they hit their goals almost 100% of the time. It's like, it's like, it's ridiculous, the correlation between just doing the work <laughs> and hitting the goals. And um, yeah. it's, it's trust the process. And it's the power of that focus. Because when you're focusing on those specific things, which a lot of it is the um, accountability, do you know what I mean? They, they're turning up, they're plugging their numbers in, they, the, the power of their focus on the right things they need to focus on for proper business growth. It's, yeah, it sounds incredible. It's actually like your own personal business coach. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody in there steering the way that you need to focus and where to go next. And, um, and you know, at the start, I was saying the importance of being able to scale the business and your business will not grow if, if we're not looking at all these different areas and we haven't got systems and accountability in. Um, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, Carissa. Now, you've got a gift for um, everybody. It's a complimentary workbook. Is that correct? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways that we would, you know, genuinely love to be helpful. Um, so on our, we on par, different parts of our website, we've got a business health quiz that you can use to sort of assess where your business is at. We've got a COVID response workbook, which you can download for free um, to sort of look at how you adjust your strategy to meet a post-COVID world. Um, but the workbook that we have in particular goes along with an online course. It's just two hours. And basically in two hours, you can build your slap. You can build your entire action plan. So all the things we just talked about, you know, clarify your mindset, figure out your slap statement, figure out who your ideal client is, you know, look at your numbers and ultimately build your action plan. So um, that we would love to make available to all of you. And we still um, are honoring with 100% uh, happiness 
uh, slap is pay what you can. So um, for anyone who kind of really wants to get serious and really use the robust structure of the entire program, we don't want finances to hold anyone back from getting the structure and support they need. So um, certainly the workbook is available for free. We would love for you to download it, go through it. Hopefully you get a lot of great insights, a lot of great clarity. Um, and we are here if more support would be helpful to you. Absolutely. That's awesome. So we've got the link there, ladies. If you just click the link and it will take you through to the blog post for today with Carissa and Silver Linings. And just you'll have a look there. We'll have the link for the business health check. We'll have a link for the um, complimentary. Anything mentioned in um, today's interview will all be there for you. Carissa, I would love just to finish with two pieces of advice. Um, One piece of advice that's coming to you right now for the woman in the startup perhaps she's just you know she's in that that startup phase perhaps there's you know the teething stage that she's going through a piece of advice if you could go back and talk to yourself back then where she is and then a piece of advice for the lady she's in that growth stage she's really powering up and she's ready to take it to that next level yeah so for the ones in startup Uh, my recommendation or my experience would be for the first two years, don't try to decide anything. Just listen to your customers. Try to sell anything and everything. See what people will buy. Try to generate any type of revenue in any way you can. Um, And really, I believe that businesses are living, breathing things. And I believe our customers tell us what our business needs to be. So uh, take all the pressure off in those first two years to have it all figured out and just go play, experiment, throw spaghetti at the wall, launch new things, see what people buy. Um, That is sort of like my belief that that's the best way to really understand a business. Now, exactly counter to that for those women who are, you know, beyond the first two years in business, have an existing business. Uh, my experience and my advice would be exactly the opposite, which is, you know, be as focused and disciplined as you possibly can. Don't feel like you have to be everything to everyone. You know, once you've gone through that phase of experimentation, really own who your customer is, uh, really, you know, give yourself permission to not have to try everything and do everything. And just keep asking yourself that key question, which my story, you know, sort of demonstrates what is the best way I can help my customer? You know, what, what do they need? How do I, how do I do what I do for them better, more affordably, you know, higher value. And that will drive really productive innovation as opposed to just being scattered all over the place. That's incredible. Absolutely fantastic. I've just taken some notes. Love it. (laughs) Carissa, (laughs) thank you so much. You've been just, um, so open and sharing and we've learned so much today i'd love to finish with the alignment question what brings you into alignment what makes you the happiest version of you your sort of go-to place your go-to thing to get you back into your body and feeling amazing yeah you know it's, it's actually a gift australia has given me in the last eight years um, of spending a lot of time here uh swimming i have discovered that when i jump into a swimming pool and i'm either sitting in a hot tub or i'm swimming lanes in a lane pool or i'm swimming in the ocean um i it's literally like my whole body is just thinks ah okay like a the world is good b i'll figure it out uh you know c Thank God. Um, And it's something like this weird combination of relief and clarity that happens. And 
Um, I've actually gotten to the point where if I'm really struggling with something, I can't figure something out, or I'm really anxious or worried about something, I'm worried that, you know, I'm about to fail, or I'm about to fall on my face, or, you know, um, I just, I go, I get myself to water, and I swim, and I think, and I sit for an hour, and it is unbelievable that, you know, my body and my brain come out just with so much clarity. So for me, water, 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 water. Oh, love that. It's, it's quite interesting how you just watch people just walk up and just sit just and face the ocean. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like we, water, like there has to be something about we're just attracted to it so much. 99% of our body's made up of water, right? Totally. It's just so interesting. Like we always, you know, want to sit near the water, look at water. Like it's just, it just does such an amazing thing. And the last lady that we actually had on here, um, Dr. Jane Tornator, she was actually the same thing. She actually talked about water. And really? if you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, she was saying exactly the same thing. It's just something that it does for her. So um, the last two interviews, you guys have actually tapped into that water. <laughs> Love it. Well, I will say as someone that sort of lives between Canada and New York and Australia, uh, there's pros and cons to all of those places. But a a real gift Australia has given me is just reconnecting to how much water matters to me. You know, having swimming become such a big part of my life. Um, So thank you to all of you Australians for that. It's been a it's been a it's been a very, very life changing addition to my life. Oh, I love it. Well, um, good luck. I hope you get to go back. Your, to your hometown see all your family soon um, best place for us to learn more smallbizsilverlinings.com is that correct that's right smallbizsilverlining.com um, and you're also more than welcome to reach out I, my email address is on there it's just carissa at smallbizsilverlining.com uh, on the website there's a 1-800 number there's a support email address uh, if there's anything we can do really truly we mean it reach out um we'll try to connect you into what we have or what you know we know other people have that can be of the best help to you awesome i do have one question which probably would have been better if i asked it earlier what is the best stage for a business to go through silver Mm. linings a great question. We have an ideal client, just like we encourage others to have. Um, the the best place for the business to be is so they've been in business for at least two years. Uh, they have existing revenue, and the business is the business owner's full time source of income. Basically, it's sort of it's not a side hustle. It's not you know just an idea stage. It's an established business. Um, after that though, it becomes wide open. So we've got businesses in every industry you can imagine, men and women, you know, people who identify as a different gender, um, uh, different locations, developed countries, developing countries, businesses who have been in business for two years, businesses who've been in business for 40 years. Um, I would say that we're best suited for businesses with under $2 million in revenue and sort of like under 20 staff and a real sweet spot I would say is sort of under a million in revenue. Venue, we're able to help a lot of businesses who are either solopreneurs or small teams of, you know, three to 10 people. Um, but really it's wide open after that. So, um, if, if you sort of are within those parameters, then we're definitely here, you know, we're best, we're best suited to serve you for sure. Carissa, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for your time, your creativity and getting your beautiful product out there to help business owners and uh, making an impact on the world. Thank you. And for all you do, thank you so much for having me and for everything I know you're doing as well. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought or 
message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out.